0: Hello, thanks for sharing, listeners. The episode you're going to hear today is from a project Jackie and I uh, did about a year ago called the Hidden Trauma Crash Course. Um, It's good information about how trauma and emotional issues show up in the workplace. We feel like it's relevant for recovery, so we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Hidden Trauma Crash Course. This is a crash course in the dynamics affecting your business and the people you've hired to get the job done.
1: It is estimated that millions of dollars are lost every year due to problems between coworkers and problems at the workplace. How much extra stress do you take on managing the unmanageable?
0: When incentives stall and teamwork tumbles, you are in the hidden trauma zone.
1: It's our job to give you an understanding of these hidden forces so you can direct the predictable dysfunctions and harness the hierarchy to make you and your team the best at what you do.
0: Buckle up. We move fast and we'll dive deep. Leaving you with new ways of thinking and leading, this is the Hidden Trauma Crash Course with Jackie Pack and John Taylor. Today you'll hear about violence and intimidation in the workplace, as well as some ideas for how to screen for it effectively in your interview process, and some factors that contribute to a workplace culture where violence can be the norm. You're going to want to listen to this, because there are a few things that can go more wrong in the workplace than violence and intimidation and a general... Overall feeling of unsafety. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Hidden Trauma Crash Course. I'm John Taylor.
1: I'm Jackie Pack.
0: Uh, Today we are going to talk about workplace violence, which might sound like an odd topic. Uh um, And it may be really low on your list of things to look out for and manage, but I bet it's pretty high on your list of anxieties of what might happen. Things you never want to have happen. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think when we're talking about workplace violence, Um, You know, it's not necessarily a new thing, um, but we do see it happen. Mm -hmm. Or we hear about it happening. Hopefully we're not seeing it happen, but we are hearing about it happen, right? And I think for most people at companies um, and the owners and management of companies, like I was saying, they dread the possibility of this ever happening. Mm -hmm. And hopefully some of the things that we can talk about today... um, give some ideas you know we I don't want to go again this is going to be kind of a broad sweep of this and we're not going to get too specific because we can't I don't want to give information that we give just enough that it's dangerous right (laughs) so we want to give some information that can be helpful but not so much that taken out of context or taken in a very short context isn't as helpful as it might seem
0: so we'll take a very surface view from hiring to firing and everything in between right some Some things you need to know about workplace violence. Yes.
1: And hopefully one of your takeaways after listening to this episode is it's not quite as random and out of your control as you may think Mm -hmm. that there are some steps that if you take and, and particularly if you take early on, um, it doesn't get to this point of escalating to workplace Mm -hmm.
0: violence. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the hiring process. Yeah. Um, Depending on where you're at in the growth of your business and how you run things Um, you may be anybody who's interested in a job here is qualified or Mm -hmm. you may have a very extensive process um that could be focused on any number of things could be focused on aptitude could be focused on education could be focused on experience um so there's there's a wide range of uh people and abilities that you may be looking for to fulfill positions Mm -hmm. in your in your business, mm-hmm.
1: I think one of the you know cautionary um, tales with hiring is the more desperate you are, the more sloppy you get in your hiring process. Yes, um, and and I can sympathize with that. I mean, you and I have gone through the <laughs> hiring process where we need somebody to fill this um, slot so that you know we're not feeling the pressure mm-hmm. of not having enough people, and yet we've also filled it with people who. Mm -hmm. weren't the best candidates, and Mm -hmm. it didn't really take the pressure off of us, and it just kind of kicked the problem down the road for us to continue having to deal with.
0: I think one of the traps that we frequently fall into, and we definitely fell into this in early hiring processes, was uh, looking for what qualified people Mm -hmm. rather than for really doing our due diligence and looking for what would disqualify people.
1: Yeah, and I think that's an important point because I think a lot of people are not... You know, when when they're sitting down with a potential um, employee that they're interviewing, a lot of times they're looking at what qualifies them Mm -hmm. for this position. And I think it's important to remember that if this person is qualified, they will qualify themselves during that time period Mm -hmm. that you're talking with them. So it's really important that you are screening during that interview process for what would disqualify this person and what would make them not a good fit.
0: Mm -hmm. You can never be too thorough. On right. that, there's layers and layers of screening and when we um, coach business owners and we work with companies um, there's a wide variety of questions you should be asking mm-hmm. and a wide range of people you should be asking those questions to yeah um, so I would say the big take the big takeaway in hiring is you can't be too careful mm-hmm. and you can't take too much time mm-hmm. in the hiring process
1: yeah the other thing that I think is important closer to the hiring process is this probationary period, mm-hmm. right? And I remember hiring somebody once, and I had said to them, you know, we'll kind of give it a 90-day probationary period to see if you work out, right? And I was talking to somebody who was kind of a business mentor for me, and they said, why did you give them 90 days? And I said, I, I don't know, that just seems like what people say. Like 90 <laughs> days, I, I, you know, isn't that what people say? And And she said to me, well, don't you think you would know before 90 days if they're going to work out or not? And I said, well, yeah, actually, I don't think they're working out right now, and it's only been a week. <laughs> and, you know, so I said, so I do I give them forty 45 days, like half of that time? And she was like, why Why would you give 45 days? Like, you know within – she's like, really, if you're good at your job, you know within two weeks mm-hmm. as to whether or not this person is working out. Mm-hmm. Um And so and and I did. That was true for me. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I had to go back. And and again, I think there's a way to go back and say, you know, I don't know that this position is working for either of us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily working for us, but it it doesn't seem to be a place in which your strengths as an employee really excel in -hmm. this environment either. So I think, again, how you approach the firing is going to be important. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But I think also with workplace violence, the more you have screened for that up front and addressed it up front, right? this this employee now is not super invested in your company. Mm -hmm. They don't have friends. They're not attached to this job. And so when you let them go, the likelihood of them coming back and engaging in workplace violence has greatly been diminished because they Mm -hmm. were never really attached to it in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I would say to call back to I think our first two episodes on the adult child in the workplace and how the workplace can mirror family dynamics. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the big things we talked about there is the assumptions that we don't check out Mm -hmm. and just kind of the automatic things that we do. And so that's, that's what your hiring process is, is checking out those assumptions and double checking those assumptions.
1: And so while you bring that up, let's talk about this checking references. Mm -hmm. Most people on their resumes or their job applications, you know, they just know they have to give references. And yet the likelihood of employers or potential employers actually calling those references is very low. And the reason it's low, if you talk to employers, they'll say, well, obviously, if they're putting their name down, then, this reference is going to say good things about them.
0: So all that tells you is that person has two or three people that they think are going to say good things about them. That's all the information that just the references give you. And,
1: And the other thing is that that says that, again, you calling the reference is the only question you're going to ask is, hey, this person puts you down as a reference. Are they a good employee? And if that person says, yeah, end of conversation, Right. Right. Or you going to ask some follow up questions that might also give you some really valuable information as to what kind of employee
0: this was. And I think that's where when you are able to take on a relational and an emotional focus, mm-hmm. those kind of conversations will give you lots and lots of information. Yes.
1: And I think that's one of the things that so often gets overlooked is that in calling the reference Right. We're not simply looking for a yes or no answer. Mm -hmm. And when you have some emotional intelligence behind you and you've been informed about what you're looking for, you're going to have some of those really great questions that give you the information that you need when Mm -hmm. you call that reference. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's something that we work a lot with uh, business owners and management on is how to listen to the answers that are given Mm -hmm. and how to ask the right questions that elicit useful information. Right. And often when we're asking questions of those references or even of the people that we're interviewing, it's not necessarily that there's a specific piece of information that we're looking for. People can be really interview savvy Mm -hmm. and they can they can think that they're giving you the information it's more a matter of being able to ask questions that create a space for that person to feel authentically. Mm -hmm. And so that you can really feel them out and you can get a sense of who they are kind of outside what they think you want them to Mm -hmm. be.
1: And I think again, going back to what you were saying earlier, that's either qualifying them or disqualifying Mm -hmm. them, Mm -hmm. right? If they can fill that space authentically and step in and now you're getting a feel for this person, a sense for who they are um, more than just they know how to answer these questions, mm-hmm. um, then you have more information to work with and yeah. to make your decision about hiring or not.
0: Yeah. So let's move on to the in-between hiring and firing. Hopefully uh, the, the firing doesn't come at the end of everybody that you hire. It um, <laughs> just makes it sound like it's if a three-step that's the process case, for everyone. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> right. Um, so the in-between, let's, let's, let's define the ways that workplace violence shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's the extreme examples of, you know, a disgruntled employee coming into work one day or coming back after being fired and inflicting bodily mm-hmm. harm on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's many other ways that workplace violence happens um, mm-hmm. that either goes undetected or is part of the culture of the business. Right. Or goes ignored. A-
1: again, sometimes people will just put up with it. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they don't like this individual. They kind of have that sense, maybe even sometimes there's office joking about, mm-hmm. yeah, if anybody was going to do it, it would be Bob mm-hmm. and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And, and people people have that sense and and they aren't recognizing what that is mm-hmm. and that they're not taking it seriously.
0: And as a savvy manager or business owner, this is a hole that you want to plug mm-hmm. because if there's that level of unsafety mm-hmm. in your workplace, we know that the brain doesn't engage when it doesn't feel safe. Right. Right. Um, so, if you want productive, creative, engaged, a, a productive and creative, engaged workforce, um, you really want to be watching mm-hmm. this level of safety, and you want to be addressing problems as they come yes,
1: up. Yes, which also, and, and you can go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes where we talk about kind of creating a workplace environment mm-hmm. that you know, produces creativity and efficiency and team building and all of that kind of stuff. Because again, if you don't have a workplace environment that people can come in and say, hey, I have this concern and it may be nothing, but my gut says Mm -hmm. it's something And if if they know that they're going to be dismissed or not taken seriously Mm -hmm. or they're going to get joked about in the next staff meeting, then they're not going to be coming in and letting you know. And as a manager, you only know what the people under Mm -hmm. you know,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: And if they're not telling you what they know, you don't know what's happening.
0: Yeah. So I think one of the common um, maybe more insidious forms of workplace violence is uh, when you get that person who's just a presence, like Mm -hmm. they come in the room and the mood shifts. Mm -hmm. Um, They invade the space of other people Mm -hmm. either quote unquote unknowingly or they'll do it really deliberately. They'll use their, their physical body to threaten, Mm -hmm. to intimidate, to impose.
1: I mean, some of the like little signs of this may be employees who tend to be very territorial. Mm hmm. Um, you know, and and it, and, you know, this is my stuff and mm-hmm. don't ask for it or things like that, that, again, are are giving us information mm-hmm. about this person long before we get to that place of them coming back and inflicting the workplace mm-hmm. violence. Right. That's not coming out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. And that that employee that is territorial Um, is I think showing one of the other features of workplace violence, that isolated person on your team Mm -hmm. and not the quiet, shy person. That's different. Right. This is the person who, um, these are my accounts. You better not touch them in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been here 20 years. I know what I'm doing. Don't, don't try to help me out. Right. Um, That kind of isolation, that kind of I'm separate, that goes back to this really visceral, this is my territory, this Mm -hmm. is my survival. And again, so looking at that person from an emotionally intelligent standpoint, this is not somebody who's functioning in their frontal lobe. Right. This is someone who's functioning in their limbic system. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think one of the reasons to weigh that risk is because is is this really someone that you want representing the name of your company? Mm -hmm. Is this someone you want interfacing with, with clients? Right. Um, if this is how they show up at work, do they show up very differently with their, their clients or with the people that they interface with?
1: Yeah. I think another one of those, and you kind of hit on this is how do they do with feedback?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Do they, do they solicit feedback from others when they get feedback both positive and negative, how do they respond to that? Mm -hmm. And that tells us what kind of person we're dealing with.
0: Mm -hmm. I think as as part of that feedback, um, looking for their failure tolerance Mm -hmm. um, is really key. That's a question that we've started asking in our screening process. Mm -hmm. It gives a lot of information just asking, tell us about a project that fails, Uh that failed or um, something that you were a part of that didn't work out. Um, the way that people answer that or their willingness to answer that says a lot about the kind of employee that they're going to be um, when right. they show up. right. Um, I think uh, this should go without saying, but unfortunately, even in you know where our society has been at recently, um, sexism and sexual assault um, and that kind of sexual pressure and tension mm-hmm. in the workplace is a form of workplace mm-hmm. violence.
1: which again, we're we're learning the hard way. Um, now that it's getting talked about and continuing to be talked about. Um, and and we know, again, it, when that's happening, it's an indication of the culture. Mm-hmm. It's an indication of, you know, what upper management places the priority on um, and just what employees are inferring from the culture at work. Mm-hmm. So, again, y- you may not, be aware of that or you may hear about that happening with other companies and think i'm so glad that doesn't happen to us Mm -hmm. and you might need to take a deeper look at Mm -hmm. if this were happening how would i know about this Mm -hmm. and am i open to receiving this kind of information and what would i do about
0: it Mm -hmm. i think it's crucial you know after if i'm able to get this information what would i do with that having a plan for how you address it Mm um often uh human resources departments will have the wait and see and gather the information Mm -hmm. from a legal standpoint there's wisdom in that right Um, from an emotional safety standpoint problems need to be addressed as they come up right Um, telling an employee who has been in the crosshairs of workplace violence just document wait and see gather information let's keep talking Um, that employees in a dangerous position now Mm -hmm. Um, and so as part of your management plan, um, there needs to be a a plan, a knowledge around how you will approach workplace mm-hmm. violence as it comes to you, and how you'll do that directly, um, simply, and in a way that doesn't leave any room for question as right. to what we're talking about.
1: Because you know, the, while there is some wisdom in gathering the information, documenting it, and waiting and see, seeing, um, there's also the other side of the coin that says the bigger, the problem gets mm-hmm. the harder it is to address. Mm-hmm. Right. And so while we're documenting and gathering information, that doesn't mean that we're not talking to this person. Mm-hmm. It does not mean that we're not addressing it directly mm-hmm. with the person, um, before we're just getting to a place of firing them, mm-hmm. but that we're addressing it with them and then watching how they take in that feedback.
0: That That's a big part of that. Um, kind of relationship quality um, to the workplace is we, we don't hire people who are fully formed to work on our team mm-hmm. um, or we don't hire people who can just fill the slot and there doesn't need to be any inter- intervention. A big part of how employees and, and management interact together in the workplace is kind of that syncing up. Mm-hmm. Um, And so if something is happening that's out of line or that is dangerous or that is not good for the company culture and you're addressing it, you're putting that feedback into the system and you're watching the feedback that Mm -hmm. comes back out of the system. Right. Um, It is possible as these problems are addressed early on and directly that there can be a correction. Right. Um,
1: Because, again, we're not just looking for, okay, I addressed it with him. Now let's see if it happens again. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not what we're waiting to see. What we're waiting to see is what are they doing with the feedback I just Mm -hmm. gave them? Mm -hmm. What are they doing with it the next hour, tomorrow, the next day, Mm -hmm. right? Because maybe by the time they repeat the behavior, it's too late, Mm -hmm. right? Or it's now grown to a larger scale problem Mm -hmm. that we have to deal with differently.
0: Mm Um, so if it gets to the point where you have an employee, you have somebody who works for you, who, um, problems have been addressed and it's time to fire that person. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about best practices there.
1: Best practices. So a couple of things, you know, I think, um, a lot of times when, when you bring somebody in to fire them, um, it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. And So we think that softening what we're saying is easier, right? And I've talked to people who were getting fired and didn't recognize they were getting fired, right? right? They thought they were getting lectured.
0: How awful for everyone involved.
1: (laughs) They thought they were once again being told to stop it. And because the person firing them had to soften it so much so that they could feel better, this person misunderstood, Mm -hmm. right? And that is now even more awkward and could make the firing because now this person who is going to get fired and nobody likes to be fired now they're feeling foolish Mm -hmm. because you just fired them and they misunderstood that Mm -hmm. right so now we've got some embarrassment and some shame on top of that which we don't want to do so i think as difficult it is you've got to be very simple and very direct in what this is about right you're not you're not approaching it as you know, this is what we like, or this is what we're thinking, or those are some ways to soften it. You've just got to go in and say, you know, we've come to the decision that keeping you here isn't really working for you, and it's not working for us. And so at the end of the day today, hopefully, I, you know, I think it's wise to fire at the end of the day, so that they're not leaving work while everyone's still there and then they're home thinking everybody's there talking about me, everybody's there laughing at me.
0: The end of the day at the end of the week. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. So that when they wake up the next day um, nobody's at work. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's just a normal weekend for them and so that they're not sitting there at home stewing on this new fire mm-hmm. and all of the emotions that come with this and thinking of everybody at work. It's yeah. a weekend for everybody at work. So... It, it's kind of just their normal routine on Saturday, Sunday, right? Hopefully by Monday, we've got some of those emotional issues that came up with the firing subsiding a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: I've had um, someone that I worked with was uh, let go uh, from their job. And um, it was one of those soft firings. Um, I think it came out of a lot of fear for the, the owner of the business. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those like, you're fired, but we need you to still work for us to close up some accounts. Oh um, yeah. So it was this really confusing space for this person where um, now because they were fired and quote unquote hired back on as this independent contractor, they were paid worse. Um, they were treated worse. And and what I worked with this individual on was there, there needs to be a boundary there. There was your employer's uh, responsibility to set the boundary. Like mm-hmm. done means done. Right. Um, and so when it comes to timing for firing somebody, it, if it's a balance between this person's really not working out for us, but they need to finish these projects, mm-hmm. um, you're not doing yourself or that person any favors to keep them on right. in those projects. Like That's a loss that you're going to need to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're going to need to prepare people to pick up the slack. And you aren't going to get good cooperation from the person that you just fired, mm. asking them to come back and now um, you know weeks later... Even days later, okay, we need passwords or we need to know about this. We need to know about that. You need to have in your protocols, this is what happens when somebody is let go. Mm -hmm. We get this information before they leave the building. We wrap it up and that's the end of our relationship Mm -hmm. with this person.
1: Right. So we've talked about some important things um, like when to fire at the end of the day, at the end of the week, how to fire, right? Very simple, very direct. Um, We're not going to get into... A lot, of, a lot of times I, I think employers will go back into the past, which is a mistake mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. sometimes then the employee being fired thinks that we can negotiate this now yep. because that's what we did in the past. And so, again, you know, now they think they're in a negotiation instead of a firing mm-hmm. and that's done. Um, other things to consider that we won't go into a lot of detail, but where should Mm -hmm. the firing happen, right? That's important. Um, Just kind of as an overview of that, I wouldn't do it in somebody's office, Mm -hmm. right? Especially the person in charge. If they need to get up and leave, they can't do that because they're in their office. Yeah. So, you know, and it needs to be out of the view of everybody else, you know? We're not going to the conference room that's all glass and in the (laughs) middle of the floor, right? So, again, things to consider um, that are going to help with the emotional impact that you're delivering to this person when mm-hmm. you're firing so that it can be as smooth and um, keep those emotions from really escalating mm-hmm. to where this person wants to come back and inflict harm.
0: And and not just for the person who's being fired. I think a, a firing um, within the rest of your workforce, that's a jarring event. Yes. Um, even if nobody liked that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that you approach that also creates safety and, um, for the people who are still going to be working for you and it creates some predictability there too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think after, um, after the severing of a relationship, there can be a time of disruption. So you want to plan for that with Mm -hmm. your remaining employees too.
1: Yeah. You're going to have to go back and now, you know, your team is now different. Mm -hmm. Like you said, even if it's a positive change and nobody really liked this person or got along well with this person, we now have a different team. Yeah. And so we can't just come back, you know, on Monday, business is normal. We have to spend some time regrouping and coming together and syncing together as a team, talking <clears throat> about the emotions that came up um, so that then we can now move forward as this is our new team.
0: Going back and pretending like everything's normal can be very invalidating, Mm -hmm. and that can create your next problem. Right. um, Or make
1: the problem if you're hiring to replace the person, Mm -hmm. right? Now they're coming in, and we don't have a real functional team, and we haven't made a place for them to come in and join.
0: Yeah. So I think that's where we're going to pause for today on workplace violence. Yeah. Um, If... This spoke to you and you need more about it, feel free to contact us. Um you can reach us by emailing jackie.healingpaths at gmail.com um, or you can find more on our website. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks. This podcast is solely for the purpose of information and entertainment and does not constitute therapy, nor should it replace competent professional help.
0: At the end of another episode, we want to remind you that nobody has time for perfection. We are pursuing progress.
1: And remember the prayer of the perfectionist. Help me remember I can't do it all. Help me to take things one step at a time, and that the only step I need to focus on is the next right step for me.
0: Help me to remember that life is a journey. Help me to be able to separate all that I am learning from all that I have to do. Help me to remember that I am not alone, that I can ask for help. Help me to strive for frequent awakenings, not mastery. I am enough. Amen.